0: Welcome to Every Word Jesus Spoke, the podcast that examines every word Jesus of Nazareth spoke in the New Testament (laughs) and explores how they are still relevant today. I am one of your hosts, Reverend Jonathan Kleinsmith, and with me is your other host, Reverend Dr. Dighton Owen. How's it going, Dighton? It's going good. Thank you. So, uh, obviously, we have a very modest goal (laughs) with this podcast.
1: Well, I think it'll be fun. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm looking forward to whatever discussion we have. But uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just a tiny little goal. Right, right.
0: So when we say we're going to look at every word Jesus said, obviously we're mainly talking about the ones that are in the Bible. In the Bible, right. Because we don't like have very many records of like every word that Jesus ever said, True. but probably was more than just what he said in the Bible,
1: right? That's right. Yeah. So we're going to look at the Gospels. That's yes. What Jesus taught.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, and so yeah, that'll be, you know, we we obviously don't know what he said to his tailor whenever he was getting <laughs> fitted for a new robe. Like I wear a size 7 or whatever. Uh uh but uh you know, we will be discussing the records that we have which uh, you and I trust uh as 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 valid records, the New Testament, right? And uh so just just to discuss our format a little bit like uh, what's hard is we want to go in order that these words were spoken, right. but uh, there are four gospels. Uh, there are other words of Jesus recorded in uh, you know the book of Revelation, and so uh, you know how do you um, put them all together? Uh, how do you figure out which word goes where? And that can be confusing, especially to people that are not like uh, biblical scholars and and things like that. So just to upfront talk about. The, the methodology that we're going to go with. We're, we're going to go with a, a couple of uh, precepts uh, when we talk about the chronology of these words. Number one, uh, there's a concept called Mark and Priority. Right. And if uh, if you don't know what that is and you're listening to this podcast, don't worry. You can still keep listening because we're going <laughs> to tell you what that is. Uh, but the overall uh, idea behind Mark and Priority is that the gospel of Mark is probably the first gospel to be written down around 50 AD. Uh, some scholars think maybe uh, even earlier. And uh, and so we we believe that the, the gospel of Matthew, the gospel of Luke uh, comes later. Um, and so when we're putting together or piecing together the chronology, we're going if to, it, if it's in Mark's timeline, it comes earlier, or if it comes later in Mark's timeline, we'll just say, well, we'll go with Mark first because he came first. Um, and that doesn't mean that the rest of the gospels aren't valid or that they're their timeline's off. They're just written in different ways, right? Uh, one one example, Dighton, that uh, I've heard that really makes a lot of sense to me is, you know, uh, when you're in college and you're taking notes from the professor, right. everybody writes them down <laughs> in different ways, right? And uh, and so, you know, you got Luke writing it down, you got Matthew writing it down, you got right. Mark writing it down, right? And so exactly. uh, it, the order doesn't matter so much as the message, but we're going to try to go in that order. Uh, the other... Um, sort of precept we're, we're going with is that uh, the Book of John doesn't really try to accurately depict the chronology. It's more about the theology. The theology, right? right. So uh, we, we've decided that, that John, uh, when he's, he's usually an outlier on chronology, so, so we will we'll, we'll, uh, piece it together what we have, and, uh, and John's the most likely to be wrong on chronology, <laughs> and Mark's <laughs> the most likely to be right. Right. But we're not going to make any claim that we know exactly what order everyone says <laughs> in. Just that these are the words of Jesus. So uh, that's how it's going to all work out and break out. And, um, you know, just l- getting to know each other a little better. Dighton, can you talk about, about yourself? You, you do have the words reverend and doctor in front right. of your name. So I assume you might know something about scripture.
1: You would think, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that- that, you know, a buck and a half will get me a cup of coffee somewhere. But, yeah, I mean, I've uh, been in ministry for 38 years. I've had my doctorate in uh, worship and theology for some years now. So my focus is um, is in worship and the theology of worship and specifically the uh, um, oh, symbols of worship as kind of like teaching what they teach us. So Right. Um that's my story in a nutshell. So, that's a, that's a very
0: very truncated version of it. <laughs> well, <laughs> to talk about decades of
1: schooling, but uh. yeah, <laughs> so, I don't want to bore anybody with the details. So, but yeah, I mean it's it's been a fun ride. I grew up in the church. It's all I've ever known. So uh, I kind of I like spending some time in uh, discussing the. the the scriptures in this kind of format. So this will, this will be fun. I think it'll be a lot of interesting stuff.
0: I'm looking forward to it. I, uh, you know, I do have the word reverend in front of mine, so I only have a master's degree, Uh, (laughs) but it's from a
1: very good seminary. It is
0: from a, uh, an accredited
1: school. school. That's good.
0: (laughs) That's good to know. So, uh, uh, you know, if you're if you're from St. Paul School of Theology, you're listening. I Very highly good, value man. my education. Thank <laughs> you so much. Um, but uh yeah, and and uh, you know, I know you grew up in the church, diet, right? and yes. I actually came, you know, my, my parents were Christmas and Easter, or we kind of Christmas Easter yeah. family. Mom, if you're listening, apologies. Uh, but, uh, you know, not that they're not people of faith, but it was it was hard for us to go to church growing up because of my dad's work schedule and different things. And so, uh, you know, and I didn't grow up as as, as a am a pastor now. I didn't grow up in the denomination denomination that I'm in now. I sort of chose it. And so uh, a little bit, you know, different way that we arrived here, but we both arrived yep. And we both love scripture. Yeah, that's right. And so uh, it is our sincere belief that as we launch into this podcast, that we are doing something important because we're talking about the words of Jesus. And if there's anything that our world needs today, um, it's the words of Jesus. Part one, the setup. So uh, today uh, we've decided to start in Luke chapter two uh, when with uh, this episode where Jesus uh, is at the temple, and uh, we'll we'll get into the passage in a second. But uh, Dayton, as you look at just the setup of this story, um, uh, what sticks out to you, what what would you you think a reader would need to know that they might not have known when they first looked at this story?
1: No, I think um, it's important to know that in in Jesus' day, every family, every Jewish family, was required to return to Jerusalem for the high High holy days, the feast days, um, at least once in their lives, right. if not more often, um, uh, to travel to Jerusalem for those days uh, and sacrifices. Uh, so that's what this story is set in: is Mary and Joseph and Jesus returning to Jerusalem for the for the high holy day, and um, um, which which is interesting. This is the only, if I remember right, the only time in the scriptures that jesus's mid-years are um, mentioned at all right right so you go from infancy to what 30 years old nothing except this one story right at 12 years old so um i think that's interesting um makes you wonder what what went on in his life in those 18 years or those well yeah the 18 years from 12 to to 30. But, uh, but the, it's setting in that, in that um, holy day when they return to Jerusalem for, for, that, um, for that time as a family, um, Passover. So that's important to remember, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But, also, uh, you know, I think the age 12
1: is, is pretty important too. Right? right. Now he's getting close to his age of, of adulthood, of turning an adult. Uh, which kind of plays out later in the story, which I think we'll get to yeah. in a few minutes. Um, how that kind of plays out, um, but it's an important age for him to be going to Jerusalem.
0: Right. Yeah. So you become an age around the age you know you become an adult around the age of twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus in this passage might be you know it might be kind of a rite of passage type of thing. Right. Um, some other things to remember. You know, because we take for granted like the religious structures we have in our modern society. Uh in Jesus' day, like you didn't just show up to a service on uh you know whatever day. Yeah. But uh in in first century Judea, um, to be a religious person also meant to grapple with the scriptures, to exactly. publicly
1: debate to debate talk. them, yeah. sit around debating them with other teachers or other people, but especially teachers. So right. it's a debate. Which yeah. I'm
0: imagining, you know, you're a Methodist. I imagine you just sit around with the Baptists and the Presbyterians and you guys debate all the time. All the lovingly. time. Just lovingly.
1: All the time, yes. We do that <laughs> and quite fru- often.
0: Fruitful discussions. <laughs> yeah, and,
1: and, they're always fruitful and everybody discussions. Everybody concedes see its points. Yeah, but. that's right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that would be kind of a neat thing to do. Well, we're kind of doing it here where we sit around and just discuss things back and forth about what we find in the Scripture. Um which is a common way that they, that rabbis taught in Jesus' day was sitting on the floor or having the students sit around the feet of the of the right. rabbi and and learn and ask questions. Right,
0: right. Yeah, I think uh, you know I joked about this earlier, but the Mishnah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is which is a, a set of teachings of Jewish teachings that are outside of the Bible, right. but. Uh, it, it says, you know, sit among the dust of the rabbi's feet and drink their words with thirst, right? Like right. Uh, this is a regular part of teaching. And so uh, as we as we sort of uh, look at uh, this text, I think this is all important background information. Also, you know, uh, just remember the way travel works in the ancient world. Right. Like when Jesus's family is 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 coming and going, they're not going on like, a, oh, we've got a four hour drive right. back home. It's, <laughs> It's, a, you know, a couple day journey or, or maybe weeks, depending right. on, on how far away the town they live in is. And uh, and so all these things play a role. Um, you know, I would if this was every thing that happened to Jesus, obviously this text, <laughs> this text would have started, uh, you know, we would have started at, at the beginning. Uh, you know, we would have started with the birth narratives and and all that stuff, but uh, but uh, we don't. So we you we know we're we're kind of presented with it uh, you know in media res, right? Like right. We're jumping into the middle in of the, the story. Middle. Jesus is already around. His parents have have had had Jesus in Bethlehem. They ran away to Egypt. They moved back home to Nazareth. Uh, you know, Jesus is starting to grow up as the son of a carpenter, and then they go on the trip.
1: Part two, the red letters.
0: Uh, now we're ready for our next section, which we call the Red Letters. Uh, for those of you that are not uh, conversant with Christian culture, <laughs> uh, a lot of Bibles that you will buy, uh, they will have the letter. The words of Jesus will be in red letters. Um, and so, uh, you know, sort of emphasizing that, uh, the you know, the, the whole Bible is important, but the, the words of Jesus are the most important, right? The most important teachings that we have. Uh, so here we go. We're going to be, in Luke chapter 2, we're going to be reading verses 41 through 52. And uh, I'm reading from uh, the NIV. I don't necessarily think it's the world's greatest translation, mm. but it's the one I have in front of me. <laughs> Uh You guys, if you're reading at home, feel free to grab any translation uh, that you, you desire. I think that the, the thing that I believe about Bible translations is the best translation you can have is the one you'll actually That's
1: one read. That. That's right. One you like and one you'll read. So here we go. Luke 2,
0: starting with verse 41. Every year, Jesus's parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. They began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. The so word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. That's another thing we say at church. You, <laughs> yeah. you can say it along with us yeah, if you're listening like at home.
1: Part three, digging deeper.
0: So, uh, so, Doug, what's your take on this? What, 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 what do we need to know about what we're reading?
1: I think it's a, as you said, not only is it a, like a rite of passage. Um, I think uh, this may be, and and like you said earlier, the age of twelve. That that moment plays into this pretty heavily. That this is a story of when Jesus, uh, for lack of a better way of saying it, realizes his identity. You know who he is um, uh, in relation to God. In in the one verse, in verse um, what is it, forty-eight, where his mother says. Your father and I have been, you know, searching for you in great anxiety, <laughs> and and Jesus's response was what? I must be in my father's house. So he's taken the name associated with Joseph and given it to God. Right. So he's realizing, for lack of a better way of saying it, who he is, what his calling is, what his identity, what his identity is, um, as as the Son of God, as the one who has come. Uh, to be among us. Um, And I think that may be, for me anyway, that's the the crux of this story. This is where Jesus realizes who he is, who he's sent to be.
0: Right, right. This is, uh, you know, and I think, you know, the the scripture or this passage, it sort of revolves around that question, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Why are you looking for me? Why are you looking for me?
0: You know, and, and, uh, you know, when we start talking about what this means in modern times, I think that's a question we all have to ask. Why, exactly. are, we, why are we looking for Jesus? Right. Um, but, but in this particular context, it's, is Jesus saying, he's making a bold statement, right? Like I'm, I was at my dad's house. right?
1: <laughs> Don't you know who my dad is? You know, uh, how did Joseph feel at that moment? Right. You know? Right.
0: Right, right. <laughs> right. And, 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 uh, hopefully, you know, uh, Joseph uh, had a small ego. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> maybe he was he was aware of it all along. But yeah,
0: yeah, and we have you know we have, that's the, the the problem. We have got passages we didn't get to read, but but leading up to this, right. and it seems like Joseph and Mary had had an idea of who their son was uh, for sure. Uh, but it's uh, it's uh, you know I think one of my favorite jokes is you know there's that popular Christian song Mary did you know Right, right, and uh, yeah, she did. Oh, yeah, she Gabriel did. came and told her. Yeah. <laughs> but did they, you know, did they fully understand all of the nuances of what it meant for Jesus to not just be the Messiah, but to literally be the Son of God? Right, right. Yeah. To to be God in the flesh. Right. They, I think that they're still coming to this understanding that they might think uh, Jesus is special, but they don't know how special. Right? How special? That's right. Um, and so. We, uh, we we sort of get this picture: Jesus comes uh, with his family to Jerusalem. They all head back home. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, which I think um, I'm sort of a helicopter parent sometimes, right? Uh, as a modern parent, I can't imagine not knowing where my kid was for you exactly
1: know, yeah. for a few
0: hours uh, on a trip like that. But in the ancient world, they, like there's a lot of extended family going on these trips. Like they're going as a group. There's probably dozens, maybe even hundreds of people on this trip, right? And, uh, you know, Mary and Joseph probably have other sons and daughters. Uh, and so, you know, it's not, It, it look, you know, for, for all the hot takers out there, they're like, oh, Mary and Joseph are uh, child, you know, abusive ch- uh, parents. <laughs> Neglectful. Uh, no, this was culturally appropriate, right? They they, they weren't. And, and, and it says something that they went back to look for them, right? <laughs> so, uh, but I always think it's just like, the the questions we don't have answers to in this passage are just great, right? Like, so Jesus, uh, when they find him, he's teaching at the temple. Was that's he doing right. that all three days? Yeah. What did he stop to eat or drink? Does he is he grifting people on the street for food? Like, what's what, what's Jesus doing? Where is doing? he staying? What's yeah. he doing? Yeah. What happens? Exactly. You know, after sundown.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a good question. What? There are a lot of questions that don't get answered. In, in these stories but yeah what, what was he doing for the three days they were looking for him uh, it makes it sound like um, that he was at the temple all the time
0: right teaching
1: right his dad's uh, house his dad's his dad's house teaching uh, and asking questions and um, i mean in, in hebrew culture in, in rabbis uh, in that teaching relationship it wasn't simply the student sitting around uh, on the ground listening to the rabbi it was a dialogue Right, It wasn't a lecture. It was a, a kind of a give and take. So um, I like to envision, you know, the rabbis actually asking Jesus questions and him answering back, right. uh, providing some some answers and some insights that they were amazed at. But, um, yeah, yeah. It, what was he doing for all those three days? Surely he wasn't there in the temple for 72 hours teaching. Um but uh, it's an interesting, an interesting question,
0: and, and that you know that, that it, and it leads up to uh, you know the the kind of the critical scene, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions, right? right? Uh, and I think that you know we 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 hear the listening or the asking them questions part, and we think of. know in modern times the the person that needs the answer is the one asking the questions but you know in ancient times like socratic you know this is Socrates' way of teaching right is is to to ask the questions and so they're astounded at the questions that he's asking they're astounded at the, the answers that he comes up with when they ask him and so uh you know what I love about it is that it it says his parents saw him and they were astonished. Like they didn't know that the boy had it in him. (laughs) You know? Uh, I mean, if we, if we look uh, in, in verse 40 of the, before this story starts uh, you know, it says that he was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. But, but it, it almost feels like uh, you know, that that they've never been in a situation where he was right. Like he was at the front of the, the, the story where he was out there teaching all of these people where he was, he was the one that everyone was amazed at. Like he sounds like he was humble up until this point. Right. Uh,
1: right. I mean, up until this point, he was a learner from his dad, learning carpentry and masonry and whatever else. Uh, And now he's in this position of where he has some, appears to have some authority where he is teaching and asking questions, Um, which is an interesting thing to look at through the gospels. Those questions Jesus asked
0: right uh, right now that this, could be a whole podcast a whole in and podcast itself.
1: <laughs> by itself is are those questions he asked uh so i wonder what <laughs> what the rabbis felt when when he starts asking them questions that probably never were asked before or ideas they had never thought before
0: well and, and yeah there and there's almost a classism to this too right mm, like you're right like you know jesus is this boy from the country he's come in most uh of most rabbi students are, you know, they're handpicked at a young age. Right. They, they memorize the entire Torah, right? They have a, they have a culture where memorization is, is, a, is a lot deeper uh, than even though our culture is more literate, we're not as good at memorizing things. So, you know, the, the people that they get to be their students, uh, you know, uh, to be the disciples of these rabbis are, are the best of the best, right? They've memorized so much scripture, but Jesus uh, who is this bumpkin from the country? From the comes country, in, yeah. and he's the one that they're amazed at. At 12 years old, he's schooling these guys. <laughs> uh, he ha- he has a greater understanding of the kingdom of God than any of these people that he's he's speaking with. Um, and it starts with this sort of understanding, right? That uh, that he is uh, he is the son of his father. Mm-hmm. I'll cut out that awkward silence. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pause. Hello. <laughs> uh, <it, clears
0: throat> so is there anything else in this text as we're, we're digging deeper that, that really sticks out to you, uh, Titan?
1: No, I think we've touched on the ones that I – mean, one thing that, that does really kind of stick out is the very last verse that right. Jesus increases in wisdom, uh, not just in, in age, but in wisdom. Um, even though he's already obviously wise he's teaching the rabbis but he when he returns home um, he he increases in wisdom um, which means uh, for me means even the wisest among us or, or the wisest among us are the ones that learn mm-hmm. or continue learning and not just offering information or teaching so Jesus continues to increase in his wisdom Um which is a, an interesting statement to, to look at. Um, um,
0: yeah, I think a lot of us have this idea of Jedi Jesus, right? Yeah, like, right. Like Jesus comes, he's fully formed, and he, he, he knows how to use the force, right. uh, obviously, right. but also that he always has all of the answers all right. the time, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, as Christians, as Orthodox Christians, we believe that, yes, that, like Jesus is part of the Trinity. He is... God in the flesh, right? But we also believe that that not only is Jesus 100% God, but he's also 100% human, right? Like this this verse, this grew in wisdom part, it, it emphasizes the fully human nature
1: of Jesus, exactly. right? Um, and along with that one statement earlier, where he, he returns home with mom and dad, and he is obedient to them, right? this human aspect. Right. Uh, so... It doesn't matter uh, that he's already wise. There's always room for more wisdom or more holiness, which, as you said, emphasizes his uh, human nature. Right.
0: Right. And, and and I think that you know if we were if we were looking at this uh, through an ancient lens, right, there's a lot of Greek and Roman myths about um, you know semi-divine figures, right? Mm-hmm. What we would call demigods, right? Hercules or you know these people who's who have a parent who's God. a and a a parent who's human and in all of those myths right like basically the the um you know the the god man person is always like extraordinary and and always has like doesn't need to listen to the wisdom of humans right Right. because they're they're already like these godly figures but um jesus isn't like that right now he he has the limitations of humanity and he needs to learn like a human. And not only that, he honors his parents and he obeys his parents. And, uh, and you know, he, he has the full human experience Um, and and it doesn't diminish his divinity. It actually, it actually highlights
1: it. Right. 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 Yeah. I think that's exactly right. I mean, he's those two instances here where he's obedient and he increases in wisdom. Um, uh, emphasize that he's as the writer of hebrews says he's one of us right the only thing separates us from him is that he was without sin yeah uh, but he still obeys his mom and dad yeah you know this idea of of jesus being did jesus have dirty diapers when he was a baby <laughs> uh, you know yeah he's yeah, one of us right right so he probably had, he to, go to, the had to go to the bathroom but you know <laughs> did he tease his brothers and sisters and so that does emphasize his his human side, uh, where we tend to often focus on just the divine side, right. the divinity, um, which, which is one of the takeaways I think from from this little story, is both the divine and human nature. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Part
0: four, making it real. That sort of brings us to the next area of the podcast, and and. And really, you know, uh, you know, we're we're United Methodists, and if you're listening and you're a Baptist or or some other uh, brand of Christian, that's okay. Like, you know, uh, when we get to heaven, we'll probably uh, we'll probably see each other. Yeah, we're gonna be surprised. <laughs> <by> <laughs> <who> we be <find laughs> and there. we'll be surprised if who else is there <laughs> that's for that's right. sure, right? Uh, but in, you know, one of the things uh, about our theology uh, that we sort of pride ourselves with is that it's a it's a very good practical theology. It has mm-hmm. real world applications. So when we read uh, this passage today, the story of Jesus and his boyhood, how does that apply to our real everyday lives? What can we take home from this? What does that have to say to us
1: today? Yeah, one thing that I that sticks out for me in, in sort of that practical aspect is uh, that little exchange between Mary and Jesus, uh, yeah, Mary and Jesus were, he says, I'm, "I'm my father's house," and right. he's he's applied that term to God and not to Joseph in that moment. Uh, so he's 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 come to that point where he realizes maybe finally, maybe he struggled with it all along. Right. He's finally realizes who he is, what he's been sent to do, and who's what his calling is. So for me, uh, it boils down to um, once we discover whose we are, then we know who we are. Right, which is exactly what I think Jesus has has come to realize. Oh, I know who my father, with a capital F, is. Right. Now uh, I know who I am. My identity is set. Um, it, it's not the other way around. Uh, so if you want to find out who you are, um, ask yourself that question. Well, to whom do I belong? Who's right. Who's my father, so to speak? Um, and that's what it boils down for me. Is this idea of Jesus being human and struggling with his own identity, and he finally realizes that, uh, and that's where that exchange comes in. Yeah,
0: and, and I think it's, re- I think it's refreshing for us to know um, that, like like this is how God works, right? Mm-hmm. We we tend to uh, as modern Americans like our sort of conception of God. Um, which is really a travesty because we have the gospels in front of us. But when we think about God, we often think of God as this, this entity that is far away. Right. That is, you know, what you, you, know, judging us and ready to throw lightning bolts down at any second, uh, right. you know, um, we sort of feel like if maybe if we do good enough that like God will sort of like not pay attention to <laughs> us and focus on all the other centers, right. <laughs> Um, and, and it's such a warped view compared to the actual message of the Gospels, and and it starts with this idea that God loved humanity so much that God stepped down in human flesh as the person of Jesus Christ, right? And we'll get to the rest of the gospel story after that. <laughs> but but so far uh, to this point, um, what we what we can glean from this is like God knows. All of our frailties, God knows all of our weakness, God knows all of the things that we go through because in the person of Jesus Christ, God experienced all of, all of this, right? Us. And even uh, you know, God the Son even grew in wisdom and stature. Like what what a crazy thought. No kidding. Um, and, and it probably should, you know, I, I am sometimes guilty of being that Christian guy that thinks he knows it all, right? Like, I know, that I've got a master's of divinity. I know everything there is to know about the Bible. Uh, but, uh you know, if Jesus could grow in wisdom and stature, then, then, then that says to me that humility is an important trait for Christians exactly. to have. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, and then... I think there's this, you know, the the question that Jesus asks, right? Not not just that didn't you know you'd be in my Father's house, but there, there's that something about the question just in general uh, when we like sort of apply it. And, and this is really not uh, something we're drawing out of the text; it's something that that um, that we're sort of inserting in. But but when you ask this question in a modern setting,
1: why are we searching for a Jesus? Mm-hmm. What, what do you think that is, Dayton? I don't know. I mean, I think that's a good question. I think we all. Somewhere deep down, uh, want to have something that we can count on, or someone that we can count on, right? Um, and and Jesus is there all along. Uh, And we've been taught, uh, growing up in the church that no matter where you go, what you do, God is always there. And it's even more important to understand that that God is not, like you said, not some. Just transcendent, but also imminent, right, right. there with yeah, you, uh, in the form of Jesus. Um, and we don't really need so much to look for Jesus. I mean, as as, as we need to allow ourselves to be found by Jesus, right? So, uh, and that's where we find those well, the sermon series, those anchors that we that we hold on to. Um, I think that's we all look for something that is bigger than ourselves that we can latch onto that offers us a sense of hope uh, and a sense of peace through all of whatever life may throw at us um, so Jesus is I think that's a good quote why are you searching for me right I've been here all along right all you needed to do was just let me find you <laughs> right. Uh, Right. And I think that, you know, I don't know who
0: came up with the metaphor, but it's a great one. Uh, There's a God-shaped hole in all of us. Right. right? Like no matter what we try to fill it with, where we try to find meaning, whatever we find that we we think will give us joy or happiness, that ultimately uh, if those things are not rooted in in God, if they're not rooted in particularly in God, uh, uh, in the flesh, in in the works of Jesus Christ – right? Then, then none of those things can fill that they don't hole, last. right? That, that's but. just going to be a void, an empty hole, uh, that we keep trying to fill with other things. And there's only one thing that will fill it. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I think of my, my time, uh, you know, I, I worked for a volunteer ministry, you know, 15, 20 years ago <laughs> at this point. Um, and one of the, uh, the examples I'll never forget is, uh, 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 it was a ministry called Young Life, and a Young Life leader that I was working with named Rob. He pulled out a plastic glove, and he tried to oh, say, "Can you guys make this plastic glove work?" And so he tried filling it with like screws, and yeah. it, it didn't work right. Right? <laughs> he tried filling it with water, and it didn't work right. The only thing that would make the glove work right was when it had it when 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 he put his hand in it. Right. right? And it's the same way with our lives. We f- keep filling it up with other things, but. Until we fill our lives with God, is particularly with the Spirit of Jesus Christ, then uh, then we're going to keep running into that that problem where we we just experience emptiness, right. right? Right, and and ultimately that that is not God's design for us to experience emptiness, but to actually fill our lives. Right.
1: So our identity is found in in who. Well, how do I want to phrase that? Our identity is found in understanding to whom we belong. Right. Not like I said, filling our lives with whatever because right. none of that lasts. Right. Uh, so that's that's a takeaway.
0: Um, well, and you talked about it in a sermon this week, right? You 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 read from the book of Acts, right? Where uh, they're talking about this unknown God, and and Paul quotes. Uh, the, the Greek pagan uh, Poet you know, philosophers stuff, yeah. and poets and <laughs> their own you know, words say in him, we live
1: and move and have our being. Right. right. And that's that's ultimately the goal for us. Right. Right. That's what Paul does, too. I mean, that's a completely off of the topic for the podcast. But Paul takes like Jesus did. Paul takes even your own philosophers, your own poets know there is something greater out there. Um, and I'm here to tell you who that is.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's a, a, a good point. So. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So, uh, so we've, uh, we've sort of come full circle. We've, we've explored this passage on, uh, Jesus's youth, uh, and we've seen, uh, just, uh, how, uh, Jesus, uh, you know, experienced humanity a little bit, um, and also, though, even in his humanness, how how that divinity can't be covered up, right? Right. <laughs> right? And we, we sort of explored also what it means for us to to absorb these words, uh, you know, as 21st century uh, folks that are are just uh, you know living in uh, in a in a society, right, that, that a lot of people are calling post Christian. Um, and, and we've sort of said that that no matter what we try to fill our lives with, nothing, nothing fits the mold, right? Exactly. And so we've 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 really explored a lot in this episode and touched on some areas I really didn't think we'd cover. <laughs> uh, so uh, is there anything like you know we're we're almost wrapped up now? Is there are there any parting words of wisdom that
1: you would add to this discussion? No, I think we've kind of. I think we've kind of touched on a lot more than I expected, but I guess I would say it's okay to struggle with trying to figure out who you are and, and whom, to whom you belong, uh, struggle with that. Not that Jesus did, I think he knew all along, but he right. finally accepted that uh, at the age of 12. But it's okay to fight with that. It's okay to struggle and wrestle with God on that uh, until you come to a realization that you're not gonna find that identity in anything else. Than right. Just to accept that reality. So, absolutely. Well, friends, uh, that's that's all we have for you
0: guys today. Dighton, <laughs> do you think we'll do this again? I hope we'll do it again. Let's right. try it
1: again next week.
0: Right. And, and so, so uh, cool. our goal is uh, by the end of this podcast to have covered every word that Jesus <laughs> ever spoke uh, in scripture. Uh, so, hopefully, you guys will be along for the ride and uh, the next uh, 500 episodes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the next decade, the, ne- the next decade,
0: uh, and uh, and we will we will ride this this wave together to the end., uh, but in case in case that doesn't happen, I, I really hope that uh, you will explore the scriptures on your own. Uh, I truly believe that God speaks uh, when we uh, open up our minds and open up our hearts to the written word. And I would recommend the Gospels as a starting place, right? Right? Uh, so, yeah. Uh, So thank you guys for joining us, and uh, hopefully we didn't scare you off, and we will (laughs) see you next week. Next week. God bless. (laughs) This podcast is a ministry of Chapel Hill United Methodist Church in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information,
1: go to mychapelhill.org.